，向你准备平安。Peace be to you, brothers and sisters。能够用书上罗马书上第二位第一线，见面有机会，即系向你嚟宣泄。Let's continue on in our sermon series, God's righteousness, the great God, amazing salvation。今日讲罗马书第。特别叫沙沟的不扎。Today let's look at Romans chapter twelve verses three to eight。你教会什么里面最活泼 ？A living sacrifice in church life。那罗马书特别叫最本最细部分。We can divide Romans chapter twelve into three parts。头两扎是个人最活泼。The first two verses talks about living sacrifice as an individual。沙沟的不扎是教会里面沙沟最活泼。While verses three to eight talks about living sacrifice in the church。第九九二十一节，第社会里面最活泼。But verses nine to twenty-one talks about living sacrifice in the society。今日看第教会当中，你们只有杀鸡最活泼。Today let's look at how we can live as a living sacrifice in the church。那教会是上帝嘅。The church is the household of God。上帝嘅当中，你们只有杀鸡嚟最活泼咧。And how can we become a living sacrifice in the church family？ In our family, there are six of us siblings. In the past, we did not have any household help in Hong Kong. So all of us have to be involved in different、uh, household chores. But for one reason or another, we often pass off the, that responsibility to others. There will be times when nobody will do the dishes, and there will be nobody who throws out the garbage. And one time, the, my mom called all of us siblings together and said to us, One monk carries water by himself. Two monks lift water together. Three monks will have no water to drink. What does this mean? He said, "When one monk,、uh, when one monk carries the water by himself, there's only one monk. He has to do everything by himself. Because if he does not do it, then he will have no water to drink. So when he's doing things by himself, he has water to drink. But when there are two monks who lift the water together, they would divide their work among,、uh, equally among themselves. It will it will be very clear. They'll be doing things in half. So the monk has to keep keep keep. Both of them will have to help carry the water together. So both of them will have water to drink. But here's the problem. When there's more than two, three monks will have no water to drink. Because they will start comparing. Will be the leader. Will be the follower. I will not submit to you. You will not submit to me. You refuse to do your part. I'll refuse to do my part. So the three of them will have no water to drink. The same way. When we are alone by ourselves as an individual, we become a living sacrifice. It's easy. Because we don't have to look at other people. But when there's a group of people、uh, living together as a living sacrifice, problems will arise. Actually, Romans chapter twelve, verses three to eight, 
In fact, in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, it's teaching us how we can live as Christians, how we can live as living sacrifice in the church family. In these six verses, there are three important points. To think of oneself soberly. Each member belongs to all the others. Members serving one another. These are the secrets in how we can live as living sacrifice. Let's look at this. The first. To think of oneself soberly. Look at verse 3. For I say, though the grace given to me uh, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. Paul is t- telling each one of us to look at ourselves accurately. It's important how we view ourselves. The biggest enemy that we often encounter in church life is SELF, ourself. When there's a problem in the church, we often want to pass off that responsibility to other people. We say it's his fault or it's her fault. It's rare when we admit that it's my fault. Because oftentimes, me, myself, is the biggest problem. In a Chinese word, the word uh, that's uh, being used for self is Whenever the word is used, most of or often than not, uh, the connotation is not good. Look, There's often the connotation of being selfish, self-interest, full of oneself, Self-loving, self-important, self-willed, self-praise, self-satisfied, self-admiring, and self-righteous. We find it quite strange. Whenever we refer to ourselves, it's often not good. When, when this self involved, is involved in a multitude of people, why will there not be any problem? Let me tell you, if there are only 10 people who are very self-centered inside a church, and everything is about himself or herself, it's hard to find harmony inside a church. Jesus said, to be gentle is to bear uh, others. To be humble is to forget oneself. This is a very beautiful teaching by the Lord Jesus Christ. 
要何强被包容，别人无未记家己哦，这是最杀级最或者悲剧啦。This is a secret on how we can live together as a living sacrifice。你能唔用唔用这个角度嚟看你家己，看别人哦，真咁讲何目的啊 ？If you cannot shift how you look at others into this kind of a point of view。Then it's hard for us to submit to other people. So may the Lord help us. So we have to learn how to truly view ourselves in an accurate way. There's an English statement that's very, uh, very uh, uh, good for for this. Uh, one half of our problems come from wanting our own way. The other half come from getting it. <laughs> 一半麻烦是对家己的欲望来的，另外一半麻烦是当你得到这件物件的时阵。So one half of our problems comes from wanting our own way, and the other half comes from getting it. So 一切问题哦，都是对家己出来。So all the problems that we encounter, most of them are from ourselves. 我那保罗教我讲呢。So how did Paul teach us? 你讲我朋友所说的，我对你大家人讲，唔通看家己，计你所当快，就照上帝所大家人的信心。For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The Chinese translation is "in the Chinese translation, it's、uh, they use the word to look at others, but in English, it's to think." So how you look at yourself is how you think of yourself. Chairman, let me ask you. How what do you think of yourself? There are often two different、uh, erroneous ways that we think of ourselves. It's either too high or too low. If we think too highly of ourselves, then we will have a superiority complex. When we look too lowly on ourselves, we will have this inferiority complex. If you if you somebody looks at himself、uh, too highly, you would try to accomplish things that are beyond your capabilities. But you think of yourself too lowly. You will dare not to do things that you are capable of doing. And both、uh, ways of looking at yourself will lead to loss. So, dear church, we cannot look at ourselves too highly nor too lowly. And because this will lead to loss in the church, that's why we have to have、uh, exercise sober judgment when we look at ourselves. What do we mean when we say sober judgment? We、look at the situation appropriately with a calm and objective attitude. Dear church, please take note. Extreme methods are often the ways of the devil. It's often very,、uh, quite wrong when we push things or we view things from an extreme point of view. Look at how、uh, that,、uh, Satan. Tempted Eve. Satan told Eve, "Don't you know?" Satan said to Eve, "You cannot eat of all the fruits of the garden." 
How are you going? No, 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 you are wrong. That's why Eve responded and saying, No, you're wrong. It's only from the fruit of the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil that we cannot eat. And, most, and uh, Satan uh, responded, That's not right. He said that all the fruits from the, all the trees here in the garden you can eat. It's only God who does not want you to eat it. That God doesn't want you to become like like him. That you will know what is good and what is bad. Look at how uh, Satan was trying to talk to Eve. He first pushed Eve to one extreme. All of it you cannot eat. And then he dragged uh, Eve to the other extreme. All of it you can eat. But both of them are wrong. That's our problem. Whenever you push, we push ourselves into either extremes, then we will have problems. Many times we are like that. Have you heard people who speak like this? The wife will say to her husband, you have never... Uh, listen to me when I speak. And he said, you never. You believe? You will never ever change. Is that truly the case? These are, extreme, these are impossibilities. I've, in the past, I've heard somebody said, the church has never done discipleship. And from the day I became a Christian until now, nobody ever nurtured me. Is that true? You know what does this mean? Just like this baby. Who, uh, from the time he was born and the, the time that, that, uh, that she, he grew up. And he said, After the, From the day I was born, nobody took care of me. Nobody ever gave me milk. Nobody ever gave me meat. And I depended on my, myself to grow up. If that's, is that possible? I don't know how many times you have died if that's the case. Many times, there are some times when we want to say something and we want to push things into the extreme side. Just to justify ourselves. But that's not right. Because it's impossible. No matter if you're looking at yourself or looking at other people or looking at a church, we are required to use sober judgment. Please remember, extreme point of views will always lead to wrong kind of views. But here's the problem. How can we look and, and think of others or think of ourselves soberly? Paul's answer is quite simple. To look at ourselves as God has dealt to each one of us according to our measure of faith. We all have different portions given to us by the, by the Lord, portion of faith. There are people who have greater faith. And there are people who have faith who are less. 
Aside from God's sovereignty, it has something to do with our capacity. Take note of this. How much capacity one has, how much he thinks about himself. The more of self, the capacity for faith is less. The less of self, the capacity for faith is more. I don't know if you understand this. For example, if a person looks at himself as very, very attractive and very capable, very intelligent, very wealthy, and, and he, has a, he looks at himself with a very high position, very healthy, it's harder for that person to, to trust God. Because uh, you, when you look at himself and look at what he's capable of, there's no need for God. In fact, he would think that God would need him. The church needs him. So the faith that, is, that he needs is, um, is, is less. On the opposite, if you think of yourself that you cannot live without God, it's without God's grace, I cannot serve our God. Your faith will be bigger. Faith should make us humble. It should not make us proud. Because we are justified by faith. We have to admit that we cannot save ourselves. It's only through the grace of the Lord that I am saved. May the Lord help us. To look at ourselves with a humble spirit. And to look at ourselves soberly. This is the first point. How about a second point? We have to look at ourselves that we belong to each other. Look at verses 4 and 5. For just as each one of us, uh, each of us has one body with many members, these members do not have do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I said that God has given to us different measures of faith. There are people with greater faith, there are people with lesser faith. Probably some of us will think it's unfair. But I've, as I've explained a while ago, this has a lot, a lot to do with our capacity. But therefore, so other people, if this is unacceptable because it's unfair. That's why Paul used another point of view to explain this. Look at this from the point of view of your body. When you look at the church, the way you look at your body, then you'll find that it is fair. You will not look at yourself as too highly or too lowly. Why? 
The first. In one body we have different members. Look at my body. There's head. There's hands. There's there are feet. There are eyes. There are ears. There's nose. And mouth. And inside of my mouth there are teeth. There's a tongue. And inside my body, there are many different internal organs inside the body. Let me ask you this question. Which part of my body is not important? Every part is important. There are five fingers in my hand. Which one is uh, for me not important? Probably you say this pinky finger is not important. This, this is useless. Chairman, let me ask you. If you if you do you want to cut it off? Of course not. Each part of our body is important. The same goes for the church. Our church is one body. There are different parts in this body. And there are different gifts and talents. And each part of, of, that, of that body is important. That's why we need to work together. And, and form one living sacrifice. As a, a, and offer ourselves to the Lord. The second. But each member do not have the same functions. We have our hands, we have our feet. The functions of the hand and the feet are both different. The more, uh, important, uh, uh, the primary object or function of our feet is, uh, and our leg is to walk. And for hands is to do things. For our eyes is to look at things. For our ears is to hear and to listen. For our mouth is to speak and to eat. And our nose is for us to breathe. We have different internal organs in each organs have different functions. Let me ask you. Is there any organ that exists that do not have any function? Of course not. The same way, when we are in the church, as we form one living uh, sacrifice, each part of that living sacrifice have their own unique functions. And there are others whose functions are very evident. For example, we who are song leaders or worship team, they are very evident because we, we see them, they are visible. For us as speakers or translators, everybody, uh, we are very visible, everybody sees us. But we have to remember, there are those who are uh, functioning, who are helping you, which... Uh, who, who are not visible for us. Pre-service, there are people who are already working. But they are not in the limelight. They are not in front of other people. That's why they are not very vis visible. But without these people who and doing their functions we cannot sit here and worship so may the Lord help us all of the members of the body are useful and they have their uses but their functions are different 
That's why we go to the third. We have to look at each member as belonging to all the others. Look at verse 5. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. What do we mean when we say we belong to all the others? We all need and we all depend on each other. The functions of our uh, bodies, the members of our bodies are different. There are people who are more visible, there are those who are less visible. It seems like there are people who are more important, there are people who are less important. Truly, that's the case. For example, if you go to war, then, then the, one of the soldiers will lose either an arm or a leg or a leg. Course, it's a very big loss. But he's not dead yet. But the problem is, if his heart stops or if his brain stops functioning, then he's dead. So we know which part is more important. Even though the functions may be different, but more importantly, their, their significance or importance are different. But a complete body, a healthy and complete body needs each members to function and to help each other. I need you. Just as you needed me. Have you heard of the story of between the the, uh, the fight between the eyes and the nose? This, there are there, there are some defects on the eye because uh, they're nearsighted. So that's why if they don't see it doesn't see things clearly. That's why it it uh, it needed glasses. So when it started wearing the glasses. They needed the, the, the glasses needed the nose to prop it up. So until one time, the nose got angry. Said so there's a defect on the eye. That's your problem. It's not my problem. You're wearing glasses. It's a burden to me. I'm, I'm so burdened every day. Take off your glasses. It's not my problem. It's your problem. So the eyes have, uh, cannot do anything. So that's why it removed the glasses. So one time they went out to walk. Remember, he's nearsighted. So he cannot, uh, he cannot see that uh, there's, a, there's a tree uh, in front of it. So it hit the tree. But which part will will uh, get hit first. It's the nose. The nose will start to bleed. Look at your face. Our nose is pointed out. So the nose is so angry. Why, why are you walking without uh, being able to see? He said, the eyes answered, it's not I didn't bring myself, it's just I can't see. And you don't want me to wear glasses. What can I do? That's why the nose said, okay, start wearing your glasses. 
Isn't it the same way for us as the church? We need to work together. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we think we are like the eyes, we're very important. But we need other people to support us. Jesus gave an example. There are servants who are given uh, different portions. 5,000, 3,000, 1,000. And their capability and their gifts are, are all different. That's why you need to, you need to bring out your gifts and use, use your gifts to, so, uh, to, to uh, serve God. So dear church, we need to uh, work together. So get the gains on the sinku. Press to establish this healthy fam uh, body. This ahongmen. The third part. Nia di kawo na men sakapju wakje. As members, we serve one another. As living sacrifice. Durao kwa kagi kwa sober judgment. Aside from having sober judgment when looking at our ourselves. Durao pi durao pi chulo na yuwa. Aside from depending on needing each other to belong to each other. This ah. The third. We need to start serving one another. Look at verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you are to look at these three verses, Paul here gave seven different kinds of gifts. When look at First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, Paul here gave nine different kinds of gifts. But these are just examples being given by Paul. These, these are not all the gifts. But the, his point here is not about the gifts. But his main point here is how we can use these gifts to help and to serve each other. These seven different gifts. We can subdivide it into two major gift, um, major different kinds of gifts. Uh, the first one is teaching. And the others is serving. In this teaching, uh, part of the gift, there are three different kinds. To prophesy, to teach, and to encourage. In the service part, there are four different kinds. Those who are there are deacons, deacons or those who are uh, givers, and those who lead and those who are uh, showing mercy. Let me explain each one. Let's first look at the teaching part. There are three different uh, uh, gifts given here. The first, those who prophesy. This is referring to the, uh, the gift of giving or of preaching. 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 
Because the Chinese word used prophesying. English is still the word prophesying. So, so in your mind, you, you may have the impression that this talks about future events. But you have to remember. During this time uh, of uh, the time of Paul, the Old Testament era is already complete. Now the New Testament time or New Testament period was already complete. All of God's prophecies, all of God's uh, future events have been given to us as complete. There are no new revelations anymore. So now we have to of course, if we hear people claim that they have new revelations, but I cannot accept them. Because I believe that God's revelations are complete. So here it talks about those who prophesy. They're, they're not talking about the future. But here they're talking about the Bible, biblical truths. If you are to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul directly translates this prophesying into preaching. So what does the Bible tell us? If you have the gift of prophesying, then preach according to the gifts given to you. What does this mean? What you have received from the Lord, you share to others. This is your talk. We talks about it talks about our belief. So preachers need to preach according to biblical truths. If you have been inside or are a part of a church for five to ten years, and you have listened to the preacher preach for more than five to ten years. If you have not added to your knowledge and understanding of the Bible, maybe you're, if, if it's not because you're always asleep, then probably the pulpit is not preaching God's truth. That's why this pulpit, the people in the pulpit needs to, to repent. We need to share the truth that we have received from God. Second talks about teaching. It talks about the gift of teaching. There are differences between preaching and teaching. Preaching's um, uh, point, main point is the application. Knowledge. While teaching's main point or main purpose is to add to the knowledge. So, when we preach, we talk directly to the heart of the person. When we teach, we talk to the brain of the person. I'm not saying that those who teach did not teach application. But the teach is to give us a more systematic 
view and knowledge of God's truth. You have to understand what the Bible is telling us. Only then can we truly apply it in our daily lives. This year, this year we have uh, we have assigned Pastor Jared as a training coordinator for the whole church. I have, I have given him a challenge. You have to come up with a systematic way to teach uh, the Bible to the members of the church. So we, we will have a very holistic understanding of what the Bible is. So dear church, as we pastors op- open up classes to teach, we are inviting all of you to join. Because you need to understand the truth of the Bible. The third kind of uh, teaching gift is encouraging. This talks about the gift of counseling. To teach is to make you understand what the Bible is talking about. Well, counseling is to encourage you to live it out, to apply it. You're being encouraged to do it. Counseling. We can we can uh, we can translate this word encouraging to counseling. Uh, I do not fully agree with the counseling methods of this world. This uh this uh, this modern counseling uh main point most of the time is pertaining pertaining to ownership. There's nothing wrong here. You have to let the people uh, make their own decision. You don't need to teach them what to do. Allow them to make the decision by themselves to do what they need to do. It's called ownership. I agree on that part. But I do not agree completely. Because when the truth is very clear to us, we cannot allow him to make his own decision. You need to let him know this is what the Bible says. You cannot decide for yourself. For example, he wants to have a mistress. He wants to get divorced. Can you allow him ownership and make him decide what is right or wrong? And you have to let him know that the Bible does not, does not uh, what does the Bible say about it? For example, if he wants to start a gambling business or he wants to have a relationship with a same-sex relationship, you cannot say that, okay, you decide for yourself. No, 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 no. No, that's not right. You have to let the person know this is what the Bible says. There should be a balance. That's why we cannot go to extremes. We cannot just 
speak with ownership. Because the Bible is telling us the absolute truth. And the world does not want absolute truth. But remember, we are children. We are children of God. Jesus said, I am the truth. Since Jesus is the truth, He is the absolute truth. So when it comes to a choice between what is right or wrong, we cannot let that person make his own choice. Unless unless something is not really clear. May the Lord help us. Their second kind of gift is called the gift of serving. The first is those who are deacons. That's why in the original uh, language, the word deacon means to serve, a server. Whenever we think about the word deacon, we think about Acts chapter 6. There are those uh, six, uh, seven deacons who are in charge of distributing food. In the original text, these are the servers. We have to do our best to serve. We uh, exert all that we can to, to be able to serve. The second, those who are lead, uh, those who are givers. Uh, the Chinese translation here isn't very nice. Because like the word giving, it seems like you are in a position of superiority and giving to those who are beneath you, under you. The original text here, the original meaning for this is sharing. You share what you have to others. If you are if you are in the position to share, then you share uh, truthfully. What does this mean? You have to very, you have to come you have to come with it from a from a very pure objective or pure motive. When we share with others, your motive should be pure. There should be no hidden agenda. That's what you basically what you want to do is to share what you have with others. There's a third different kind of uh, serving. It's called administration. The, the real meaning here is leadership. Those who stand before other people. When you stand before the people, then you are leading them. These are people who are leaders inside the church. Paul said, those who are leaders should be diligent. So, so those who are leaders here should not be lazy. We should be passionate in our serving and leading in the church. The fourth kind of service, those who are merciful. What does this mean? These are people who have shown extra compassion to the, towards those who are sick, those who are elderly, or those who are weak. 
Remember, it's not nice when we are being forced to help others. What is Paul saying? Why did Paul bring up these seven different kinds of gifts? Paul is saying to us when we are living sacrifices inside a church, not only do we belong to each other, we have to learn how to serve each other. When we use when you use your gift and I use my gift, we mutually appreciate it without comparing nor being envious of it. So may the Lord help us. Not only are we living sacrifice by ourselves inside a church, we are part of a spiritual body. We are living sacrifices together. The first, sober judgment. You need to apply sober judgment when we look at ourselves. The second, we have to remember that we belong to each other. The third, and to serve each other. That's uh, that's for the this church. church. To become a living church. A living sacrifice. A church that's full of living sacrifice uh, serving the Lord. May the Lord help us. May the Lord bless our church. A church that truly serves together and serves the Lord together. That each member of the church will become a living sacrifice. Not only one person, but all of us individually and collectively are together a living sacrifice. You find the church becoming more and more beautiful. May the Lord bless us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Not only did Paul teach us how to become living sacrifice individually, but he has taught us how to collectively become living sacrifices. How we can collectively serve the Lord. But we have to have an accurate view of ourselves. What, what has God given me? My position, my, my portion. And to serve my Lord carefully. To appreciate each other, to serve each other, to belong to each other. Not to become envious nor compare ourselves with others. Because we are one body. Our, no hand would be envious of the, of the legs or the feet. 
Nor the head will be envious towards the body. This is an abnormal body. May the Lord help our own church. That we will become a normal spiritual body. That collectively we will become a living sacrifice serving you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to our prayer. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Next week, let's look at the third message. How we can become living sacrifices in this society. Please remember, we are not just living inside a church. We need to live in society. Not only do we be a living sacrifice in the church, but we become living sacrifice for the Lord in the society. Let's meet again next week and learn how we can become living sacrifices for the Lord in society. God bless you.